Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Faith here with your welcome toast. Pizza tastes as good as being skinny feels. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. Ah, my treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors Chris Brosberry and Alex Province. Delicious recipes coming your way. Well, we're into a kind of calorie friendly approach right this time of year oh boy. <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean oh, and, I and it's not a bad thing <laughs> no, to do i mean if bears hibernate we can do this <laughs> so um here's our thing we want to say how do we make food delicious without using all these heavy salts and fats and can we do that we know we can we're going to get to um some full-blown recipes in a little bit but right now Poaching seems like this kind of genius thing to do to your proteins, whether it's shrimp or chicken or whatever it might be. You even can poach your vegetables if you don't want to use up a lot of olive oil because we're trying to keep things Mm -hmm. as calm and even Mm. getting back to basics as we can. And we think, I mean, we're into this right now because we believe that a recharging like this jacks up the ability of the taste buds. Now, they say with each passing minute of your life, your taste buds get just a hair weaker. Well, it's amazing what happens to taste buds when you deprive them of that influx of fat and sugar and salt. Suddenly, you really taste things. Uh, with just a, a whisper of salt. So a you little, recalibrate the you whole re- palate. That's the better way to say it, right. Alex. Okay, Clean good for food. you. All right, so here we go. Poaching. Let's talk about how we do that. You know, if we're doing it with chicken breasts, a little piece of fish, whatever it might be. Chris, if we're doing poaching in water for, say, a chicken breast, sure. there are more way- things to use as your poaching liquid, liquid that are a little bit more interesting. But mm-hmm. let's do the most basic things. Okay, I would take a very small, a shallower pan. I would take my chicken breast and put it in there, make sure it fit, that I can have liquid over it, right? And then I would pour in water, and I would season my water with How some much things. Water? Uh, just covered. And just covering just the covering breast. the chicken breast, and I would make sure I would put in some seasonings like peppercorns are good, fresh thyme. Again, things Ooh, that tarragon, are, tarragon, yeah. This could be whatever you like and whatever your favorite things are. I also like putting either onions or leeks in. Carrots are good too. You're making like it's called a court bouillon or a poaching liquid or basically a vegetable broth that you, you poach you your chicken in. You want us to throw those things in with our chicken breast. Yes, you're gonna just and not a lot. We're not talking like about like all a cold, soup. Like cold yeah, water. Yeah, 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 cold water. Put your chicken in a couple slices of onion, peppercorns, thyme, tarragon if you like tarragon, whatever spices. Or if you don't have half the things you're mentioning, you just take whatever you've got. I poach it with water and a little curry powder. Again, you want to give your water some flavor. Spices don't affect calories. So use whatever you like. Okay, and you bring it up to where it starts to simmer. Is that on uh, low, medium low? No, I go on high, 
and I oh. bring it up till it just starts to bubble a little bit, and then I turn it down because I want this to come up pretty hot quickly. Turn it right? down to what? Every stove is different. I'm going to go somewhere between. But what do you want to have happening in the pan? Little bubbles. Like little champagne Jeez. bubbles. Yeah, little bubbles, just and not lots of them, just one, two, one, oh, two, one, okay. two. It's okay. a very soft simmer, mm-hmm. and I like to cover whatever I'm poaching right up to it, whether I just take a piece of parchment paper or a lid, a, a lid or aluminum foil. It doesn't even have to be anything fancy. Just cover it nice and let it simmer softly until it's fully cooked. You know, 165, you want to make sure it's totally cooked. You know what? This is the thing. I'm just being completely mm-hmm. honest. No, go. When I'm at home, I cut into it. That's what you know, I do. Most... I like to make it look like I don't do that. So I make a little <laughs> incision on the bottom side and I peel it open, look at it, and close it up, and then I serve that. If I'm serving it right away to friends or whatever, or family, I put that on the bottom, and no one even knows I Now I'm going to flip it. it over Oh, you totally could. You could totally. And you'll definitely see the incision. Okay. you got to keep the appearance up. And we want, <laughs> But tell me how you want it to look inside. Totally cooked. Do I want cooked. a whisper of pink? No. No, no. not with chicken. No. You want it totally white, cooked through. Right? All white. I even like cooking it for a longer period of time to where the chicken almost shreds a little like bit. Like stringy. Yeah, stringy. Yeah. Because now you got to think about not how to poach it, but what are you going to do with the poached chicken? Are you going to mm -hmm. uh, make a sauce with it? Are you going to take it and shred it on a salad? For me, the number one thing I love doing with it is tacos. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah that's just shred it up. I'm trying to get everybody off. So the... sour cream, cheddar cheese. No, you know, lighter maybe drizzle. <laughs> no, <laughs> some bacon. No, 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 no wait so a minute. light, just I'm a little bit of lettuce and a tortilla. <laughs> and a tortilla is the problem. <laughs> oh, so I'm trying fun. to make, we're, we're going through a, a period Cleansing. Of, of, yes, we're, we're just getting the body recalibrating, as <laughs> Alex says beautifully. Okay, so. We're not going to do a taco party. No taco party. <laughs> Despite what Chris wants to do. I want a taco party. We are doing a simple poaching yeah. now. I think I poach too quickly. Yeah. And so I get too too many bubbles going. Mm-hmm. I love this instruction. I love the idea. I don't throw things in. You should. What I do, yep, mm-hmm. I'm going to borrow right from mm-hmm. that. And now what I do do, though, is instead of water... Mm-hmm. I will either add water and chicken broth, mm-hmm. low sodium, yeah. or just straight chicken broth, and sure. I will poach in that mm-hmm. because it yeah. feels like it gives it more flavor. Do you think it does? Um, it does. It'll give it a little bit. You have to watch it because those chicken broths can have a lot of salt. Oh, but see, the thing is, this low is the sodium. Fun- yeah, this is the funny thing. Broth is basically meat cooked in water. You're making when your you own co- little Yeah, stock. when you ch- cook the chicken broth in the water, poach it, that stuff is now chicken broth. Juices and all that stuff come so out of I the chicken, say that and that again? yeah, that liquid is really yummy. It can be used in soups. It can be used in sauces. Oh, freeze oh, yeah. it, huh? Freeze it, whatever. You're, Even though, or make a little. Or you can take yeah. that if you want to keep mm. going. Cleanse. You can take a little bit of that, thicken it with cornstarch, and you have a little sauce. So I think, Chris, that you're saying this is from a previous show, that even low sodium has sodium. So what you want to do mm-hmm. is add water to the pan yeah. plus some chicken broth and you yeah. only wanted to cover the meat you have in the pan just covering it, just covering it. okay mm-hmm. i cook it too fast and then the water all boils away yep. so if i slow it down this is not going to happen yep. 
I really, really love this idea of doing some poaching. Clean Can we do the yeah. same thing with vegetables? Let's name carrots it with broccoli, carrots, broccoli, carrots, cauliflower, maybe asparagus Sweet potatoes, from somewhere in Brussels the world. Sprouts. Brussels sprouts. I love poaching my potatoes. I've been I using chop them up small. Green beans that green I keep beans, in the freezer, sure. and then you know they mm-hmm. you cut them in half, and they add such a nice little flavor and texture. Here's where we need help. You know, I mean, we're mm-hmm. poaching in a soft way, but let's yeah. face it, we're we're softly boiling vegetables and meat. Mm-hmm. People are going to say, "Oh my God, do I have to eat that." Feels <laughs> flavor. What oh. now? Here comes the trick. What can we use in terms of herbs and spices to jack up the flavor, but not jack up the calories? But you could also add just a, like a touch of butter, though, just a tiny, tiny. I mean, as a flavoring as a, agent, right yeah. at the end. So a shaving of butter. Yeah, and you just rub it on the top of your mm-hmm. chicken breast or your whatever it is. Of olive and, oil. and think about other a little, things. A little, yeah. half a cap of yeah. olive oil yeah. on your vegetables. And think about other things that bring up flavor. Lemon juice, lime juice, a mm. little fresh orange. Um, the orange zest. zest. Yeah, a splash of cider vinegar. Beautiful seasonings, mm. that yeah. mixtures that you have yeah. right now. Curry now some powders. of them are heavy salt. Yeah. So no, but saffron thread would saffron be fun for your thread. chicken. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And again, Tumor. don't throw that broth away, the poaching liquid away, because that but can I never, be used. I don't even know what you're doing. I never have any left. Hers goes so you're away. poaching. Mine you're not poaching. Away. You're boiling. Well, okay. Yeah, see, that's the thing. You, should, you shouldn't <laughs> okay. lose any because you've evaporating. covered. Yeah, you shouldn't right. have any evaporation. <laughs> it should I be just... covered <laughs> so even. that everything is trapped in there. And basically, <laughs> when you're done, you have almost the same amount as you started with liquid-wise. Okay. All right, so <laughs> never mind the resistance. <laughs> just go with him. Don't boil. All right, yeah. don't boil. Light don't simmer. even try and yeah. explain that you don't boil. <laughs> just say yes, if you, sir. Look, I just got a new stove. <laughs> And my stove, and it's not a fancy stove, it's like a regular G stove, and it had a little thing on it, and I haven't tried it yet, but it says simmer. And I was like, you know what, I gotta what try that. What do you that. think that means? No, I mean, I just, I've never had a stove that said <laughs> simmer before. Now, really fancy ones have simmer settings. So you can, right, just <laughs> click, then you're done. Look what I do. I simmer too high. Yeah. What does simmer You mean need a to, simmer burner. What does simmer mean to people? I mean, Couple we are just, blup, we have blup, been bombarded blup. through the years with people saying, even on simmer, I mm. can't get my stove to go low enough. And so they go out and they buy copper plates. Yep. They do every trick imaginable mm. yep. to see if they can tame. Older stoves do have a hard time to go into simmer. But you don't have to yeah. go buy anything fancy, just putting a, you know, a heavy metal disc. We use uh, little sheet pans, whatever you have to just diffuse. They're diffuse. called diffusing. Yeah, yeah, they're called diffusing. But whatever, it just it helps. We're being calorie friendly on this particular part of the show. And later on, we've got an incredible beef with onions that is just fork tender. And the onions are just, oh, it was oh, yeah. really, really good. So we're calorie friendly this time of year, trying to lead the way, trying to reset our palates, too, because mm. that's one of the benefits. So what else can we poach in besides my chicken broth? One of my favorite things is milk. Fat-free milk? I like don't do. Milk? I don't do fat-free milk. I do a oh. regular milk, but I don't see why you couldn't. I would yeah. do fat-free yeah. milk. Yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah. Do a, again, Mine actually same, better. Same process. Yeah, gentle. Right? Gentle. There's going to yeah. be a little more sugar in fat-free milk, yes. but that's okay. But, she, so but again, it adds a little bit of flavor, right? And it's not a lot, and it's a natural sugar, so it's processed by the body a little what easier. What does that give you? It gives uh, you a little bit more flavor. Richness? A richness, tiny bit of richness? Sure. Hmm. I threw in some carrots in that. I love at the end Same throwing thing. a hand, yeah. hand, hand, hand and, and at the end throwing a handful of peas. Peas, just at the yeah. End, right? 
When are you putting peas in? Right at the end. Because there are, I use frozen I peas. Pea so, yeah, it's just to yeah. heat them up. Yeah, right at the end, I'll throw peas in there and then with a, with a slotted spoon, dish them out and put that right on my chicken. Yeah. Oh. Or fish, right? Salmon, sure. You would do salmon in milk? Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And again, watch. I do salmon in uh, chicken broth. You can. And in water. You put a little mm-hmm. dill in for your Ooh, season. Yeah. You know, I don't season the water the way you two do, and, and I'm learning big, from you. Yeah, that's going to be a big thing. Yep. Especially like you said, zest, oh, lemon, lime, yeah, orange. Yeah, that I do. That adds intensity. But you wouldn't put the zest in the milk, would you? Sure. You would? Yeah, orange? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking huh. if we can do this full flavor cooking yep. with minimal fats, mm-hmm. minimal sugar, for a while we can reset our palates so yep. that when we taste our food, it's going to mm-hmm. just be blockbuster. And you have the added benefit of it being calorie friendly. You might yeah. feel better mm-hmm. in some profound way and say, wow, I think I'm going to eat this way a little bit yeah. longer. It's up to you, whatever you want to do. Um, I like serving but, this kind of stuff, too, on raw vegetables. So I have my nice warm poached, let's yeah. just say, salmon or chicken. If you take fresh carrots, uh, some radishes, and just chop them up fine mm. and throw that in a bowl and just hit it with a little bit of vinegar, teeniest little pinch of salt, and toss it and then serve whatever you're poaching on that. That gives you fresh vegetables in that warm protein it's a great meal and And fresh and healthy we Mm. haven't mentioned vegetable broths for people Mm -hmm. who are lots and lots of people are much more vegetarian now Mm. and vegan so if you're into the whole vegetable broth thing does anybody have a favorite vegetable broth I don't know enough about them. We do the old clean out the refrigerator again, and then Mm. you use mushrooms and that stuff. You make your own? Yeah, it's pretty... pretty Yeah, I'm a a tomato guy. I have trouble with a lot of vegetable broths, but the one I seem to like the best is I take just a regular tomato juice... And that's what I start like my... Like a can of yeah, whatever. or something? Yeah, Sacramento. Again, it has a little bit of sodium, mm-hmm. but, you know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just recently was thinking, why am I having so much salt? Uh, so I uh, went through the, the supermarket the and started looking at the salt content in everything. Sure. And I was floored. Yeah. Honestly, this is... Uh, a when you see thousands of milligrams. One, they'll say 1,000 milligrams, and it's one serving, and there are three yeah. servings. And I'm yeah. thinking, are you kidding? In it, this can, there are yeah. three That's thousand? That's what makes it taste palatable, though, right? Without salt, the salt is a flavor. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we? Here's make the it thing. yourself. If I can make my own red sauce mm-hmm. for pasta without thousands of yeah. sodium grams doing what, say, Lydia Bastianich or mm-hmm. some of the other Italian chefs do or grandmothers, all I have to do is put in some onions and garlic mm-hmm. and carrots and celery and maybe yep. a whisper of salt, you know, whatever it is. olive oil. Real canned tomatoes or fresh tomatoes. Yeah. And I'm good to go. Yeah. And it's really But you have delicious. to watch your canned tomatoes, too, Fresh right? basil. Yeah. Some of them have a lot. And they'll say no salt added. Yeah, you have, that's what I'm saying. You have to watch the ones that have no salt. Yeah. Yeah. But I just did this last mm-hmm. night, weirdly enough. Even in the health food yeah. aisle, if it's a quote-unquote soup, it's loaded with soap. I have a friend who, same problem, went to the doctor, had, why are you getting some? I don't need any salt. I don't need any salt. I don't put salt in anything. And you know where he found it? Bottled water. 
Really? Bottled sparkling water. And the brand he was drinking oh. has a lot of sparkling I, uh, water. Sparkling, yeah. yeah. And he's like, "No, I just drink water. I'm not. I don't put salt on anything. Yeah. I don't put salt in anything." And he was drinking three big bottles of okay, sparkling I'm, water a I'm day, really speechless. right? And 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 who would think that it would be so in water? It's hidden. You have to it's ch- hidden. You have to check your bottled sparkling water mm. for sodium level. So yeah. sodium also, if we're being calorie friendly right now. Mm-hmm. Not only does it dull your taste buds, but it does activate in the body in a way that stores fat instead of burning fat. So this is another reason besides health that we don't want to load everything with sodium, right, people? But it's not easy because because you need the flavor. So you have to be very smart in your uh, food by using citrus, by using vinegars, by using spices and and herbs. There are a million out there. Your peppercorns, all the things you were talking about. I learned this working with the U.S. Navy. I did a program years ago called Adopt-A-Ship where they took us chefs and put us on these big carriers. Oh, that's very cool. These recipes they use are very specific. They can't be changed. The only thing you can do differently is spices. Zero impact on the caloric value of the food. So mm. we couldn't mess with salt. We couldn't mess with fat. So we were brought in to redesign the food. Because we could add on a 30-day meal program. After two, three months, you're eating the same thing. Oh, it's this day again. So how do you change the food? So we changed their entire menus wow. by just changing spices because that doesn't impact. I so, that. So that's where you get your high impact. Go to your spice. And I tell people when I teach, too, you buy this little thing and it costs you $7 of, I don't know, curry powder, and you only used it once. No, experiment. Put it in things that you don't necessarily think curry would go with and try it. And can I encourage you to look at the label? Because there are companies that are loading spices with sodium. Wow. It's not necessary. Oh, yeah. so, so, so spices, well, seasoning yeah. mixes, yeah, will, oh, yeah, will have a yeah. lot of salt in them. Se- seasoning Curry mixes powders do. and stuff like that could have salt but, in them. And you know something? Honestly, you don't need these things if you flavor well. You know, it's funny. We'll in Spain, we'll take like a piece of toast, and then you know, like in Tuscany, they don't add even salt to their bread to the dough when they make it. But then if you like add a little drizzle of olive oil, and then just some big flaky salt on top, you get the sensation of salt, right? But, but you're only getting a minuscule this amount. Is just like what we were saying with a, a little tiny drop of olive oil or a, a teeny thin piece of shaving of yeah. butter. It's a flavoring agent. Not a main you're ingredient. saying the same thing with salt. You don't salt. have a craving for it. You feel like you satiated you know, your like desire for salt. 25 grains yeah. will do the trick. Yep. Your palate will Without say. Without hiding a thousand milligrams in, in a jar of something. Exactly. So I'm excited about this for our palates and everything else. All right, we've got lots more to do later on in the show. If we got a beef and onions for you, more mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. And we're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back.
So, I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Brasberry, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province, and we are going low-calorie for the first part of the show. Later on, we're going to tell you how to make a beef with smothered onions, mm. and there's not oh, a lot of fat <laughs> in that, and there's not a lot of salt. Because of Yummy. the elements, it's really delicious. So, mm. we're going to do that, and uh, let's do a wine. We found this great Italian wine, and it's called Invetro, I-N-V-E-T-R-O, Invetro, and it's made by the Renieri Vineyard in Italy. It's available in our broadcast area. This is on our website, foodschmooze.org. Picture of the label, what to say at your wine store when you call ahead because they can't stock everything. We don't want you make, to uh, make a, a wasted trip or to find out that it's wildly overpriced somewhere <laughs> and you don't want to pay that. Tell us about this wine, Alex. It's from the Tuscan region of Italy. Yeah, Tuscany is so pretty. It's one of my favorite areas. You you love it there, too. It's like yeah. rolling hillsides. The main group that they grow there is Sangiovese. You know, that's where Chianti comes from, Chianti Classico oh. and Chianti Reservas. And unlike Chianti, this is a blend. So they're taking Sangiovese, the normal grape that's all over Tuscany, and they're blending it with a little bit of Merlot, 25%. And 25% Cabernet Sauvignon. So Those are the three grapes. That's the three grapes. So it's a, it's hardier than a typical Chianti. So it has you know more more of that structure we've talked about in the past, like that sort of dry sensation from the Cabernet. You always have a good description of of tannin structure, but that it's it's oh, that no, sort of. Oh no, you're doing a, a good job. This would be a fun wine with beef. Oh, it's good with the yeah. beef and onions. Can I ask this? Pizza. I would have this with any uh, chicken with a hearty sauce on mm. it. Pasta puttanesca. You know in Florence when they take that huge piece of beef? What is mm. it? The Florentine beef? Florentine beef, mm. yeah. This would be fun with that. It would. So yeah, big chunk um, of meat. A big chunk of meat. So Alex is right. There's a tannin in the wine, and yeah. that means that there's this kind of slightly drying on your teeth or on the sides of your tongue as if you'd had a tea bag touch mm. the sides of your tongue. You think, why do I want that in my wine? Well, every note of a song contributes something to the overall feeling of the song, you know? So that's what wine is. It's a song. It's a composition. And so you've got the winemaker doing stuff, mixing different things, and then you've got the soil and the climate and the rain and the stones in the earth and everything is going into this thing you're drinking. And I adore 
that this magic happens and gets put in a bottle and is fabulous with food. It's a rule breaker. These are people that didn't want to be told what grapes they could grow and, and what kind of barrels they could use. So they sort oh. of veered off their own course, and they called it Super Tuscans. So typically, oh. a Super Tuscan What does is, that mean? Well, it's it's a made-up word. You know, it's made-up name for wine that doesn't follow the convention of, like, the Appalachian. So, so it wasn't a marketing term, or it became one, maybe. They meant what? They Italians meant- felt like they, they couldn't use the smaller barrels that they were using in France. You know, the, the barriques, the mm-hmm. typical barrel that you see in all the posters in wine shops. Why not? Well, the Appalachian wouldn't let them use them, and they couldn't grow Cabernet Sauvignon. And so people like Antonotti said, we want to plant these other grapes. Cabernet comes from France. It doesn't come from Italy. So it makes sense. There's two or 3,000 varietals in Italy alone, Mm. grapes you probably haven't heard of. But Cabernet, for example, is a French grape, and they wanted to grow Cabernet. And they also wanted to grow Merlot, another French grape. And then they started barrel aging it. Because they thought it would do well there, right? Well, it's sort of the the dilemma when you've done something for so long and you follow the rules for so long, stuff gets stale, I guess. And people thought they wanted to try something different. So So they were being modernists. Yeah. They coined it Super Tuscans. And they said, you know, you can keep your Appalachian. We'll just sell it as a, you know, this name Super Tuscan. Typically, they're really expensive. This wine for $18.00 gives you that experience of a, mm. of a really fancy Super Tuscan. Yeah. But I it, like, a, an opportunity like, for anyone to try a I Super really Tuscan. I really like it. I like them because they don't have sugar. So Italian wines yeah. are, are uh, much drier. They're food friendly. Even on a Wednesday night, we always joke and have like spaghetti Wednesday. Like this would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Invite some friends over, make a big bowl of pasta, you know, a couple bottles. What was that commercial? Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> Out the window. Yeah. Okay. I like so. that it has a little bit of a rebellious spirit then. I think that it you should, a wine that has personality like that and it doesn't cool. follow the rules. Yeah. If you're the kind of person who has a little bit of a rebellious spirit mm. and you don't follow the rules, yeah. this the, wine's for you. This is the resistance yeah. right here, baby. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah. Invetro is its name and um, it's made by the Ranieri Vineyard. This is mm. a family that's been around for a long time. This wine was made in 2013 and then sat around in these barrels. They fought, just like the sometimes the grapevines fight through the soil. These uh, vineyards around this region fought to do what they wanted to do. Mm. And they ended cool up story. with a brilliant marketing thing, Super Tuscan. So when you've gone around in the world, probably in the last 10 years, you've you've seen... And I think it's more men than women. I I don't usually talk like this, but they will say big reds. Uh, I like big reds. Oh, this is a big red. This is a big red. (laughs) Oh, this is a big red. Um, So (laughs) the the reason that, you know where that comes from? I think that there's a a theory in science that women have a slightly more refined taste buds. So they could be kept in nature from poisons that would harm them during pregnancy. Whereas men, except for the group that self-selects out and goes to cooking school in the men Mm -hmm. group, their taste buds are not quite as sharp. So when they have this, I don't criticize them for saying, I love Big Reds, because they need them. Interesting. They need... In a big cigar. They need... (laughs) Feels your palate as well. Don't make me laugh. (laughs) That's an interesting theory. They need the big flavor. It, this is true for people who are old. 
Yeah. Their mm. taste buds are starting, starting up to, to wane yeah. a bit. Sense and so they goes. probably tend to like mm-hmm. a more powerful wine. Yeah. The other thing, look at if you flip the bottle over, it tells you the alcohol content, and that's 14%. 14%. They're higher, right? So it has more alcohol than mm-hmm. a you know a typical European wine might have, 12.5%. So, so Alex, can you explain to us why that is part of a recipe. Typically, they try to keep alcohol levels down around 12.5% because, like you were saying, it's a a recipe. Too much alcohol, it becomes volatile. You get the sensation of of ethanol. Out of balance, Yeah, and if you have a delicate wine that nature kind of prevents you from having too much alcohol just by the sugar content of the grape, but if you have a really hot region that produces a lot of sugar, those yeasts that make the alcohol can go up to almost 15%. But those kind of oh. wines are just the one they'll knock bigger you out. Bigger boulder. <laughs> yeah, bigger boulder. And the only way it's they work shine, really. the only way they work is if they have a ton of flavor to balance yeah. out the alcohol. So you need to have that ripe mm-hmm. fruit and then you can have the alcohol to, to I support it. I have a friend it. who loves big wines and that's the first thing he looks on. If it's got twelve percent and he goes, Not big enough for me and I'm like, How can yeah. you tell oh. by the alcohol? But that's how, right? Yeah. Because well, it's what higher alcohol right? but higher alcohol is usually means a bigger bolder yeah. wine. So we thought this was good with all red sauces, yeah. uh, charred lamb chops, maybe oh, a, a, good one. a charred roast. Now, Pot roast would be fun, too. Ooh, yeah. So can, can you uh, help me on this? If you poured this for me sitting around by the fire, mm. most people would say, that's not a wine to sit and sip by the <laughs> fire. You want something softer. You want blah, blah, blah. I don't care if it does that tannin thing. Mm. There's a beauty to this wine. I just find it really, really wonderful for the price point. It's a nice balance, right? Mm -hmm. A big cab needs protein. That tannin tastes really good with like a a cab in a slab, they say. Mm -hmm. So the protein in the meat sort of has an affinity towards the tannins. And then you get this elegance. Mm -hmm. But alone, it can be like a little too astringent, a little Mm -hmm. too like tannic mm-hmm. too much structure too much too baggy but the, yeah, stuff but the sangiovese in this mellows it out so then it's like mm-hmm. a perfect compromise and the merlot and the merlot the as touch well of merlot, which, is which is a softening and agent and, yeah and, you know and, i, I oh, agree it's beef. probably yeah. best with food but that, i like it i like wines that happen to be between like say 15 and 20 dollars and this mm-hmm. is 18 so it's it. right yeah. right in that that slot yeah. but you know these are for me uh you know, if you figure a couple people, there's four or five glasses of wine, depending upon how big your wine glass is. Mm-hmm. If you go out, it's a four or five dollar glass of wine, which yeah. is okay. You know, we've got food and recipes huh? coming up, but if you're a wine drinker, if you're not a wine drinker, or if you don't drink alcohol at all, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is just bear with us because we're going to get to vegetables and and stuff. But here's the thing: what is the best way? If you bought this for around $18 a bottle, and we've seen now for five glasses, yeah, uh, you, you, it's really so affordable. How yeah. are you saving your wine in the bottle? I know what I do at home, but what are you folks doing? The, the so. cheap and easy is that they have the vacuum. I think you get them anywhere now. It's mm-hmm. a little rubber thing, and it has a little pump, and you just pump out the air. I use it. If you cork it, if you don't have that, put it in the refrigerator, and the cooler temperature helps you know, prevent it. the want, preserve it. Okay. But with a wine this big, after the second day, it's Like still, we talked about before. Yeah, it's so big. Like on a wine like this. It'll be this, great tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be great tomorrow because it's such a big wine. It'll actually be almost a little softer. better tomorrow. It'll be a little well, softer tomorrow. Yeah, if but, that's, but by the third day, yeah, by the third day you're you start starting losing to watch it. Yeah. Some people just want to have a glass, glass with dinner. Yeah. 
And so they need this to last five days. And mm-hmm. I say to you, get this vacuum, yeah. little it's vacuum a little pump. pump. Oh, what are they, like $10? Yeah, they're yeah. nothing now. And they have these little things yeah. you put. I use them every yeah. single day. I have one. I, I have actually day. four different toppers, so you can have four different <laughs> bottles. It came in the kit, so yeah. you can suck the air out of they four do, different bottles. You know, it's a little plastic cork that Most wine shops are also sell the, the inert gas yeah. that you just spray. But, you know. I don't like that. It just... I don't know. You know what it is? I can't see it, and I know I can see this hand pumping thing yeah. that I can. You know, I you know, you do. Like to see how you many just, pumps yeah, you just it. sort of the, the spray you just yeah. put in there, and you can't really. You, you look at it, you're like, is it in there? Yeah. I don't know if it's in there. Should I put more in there? It's, it's the true. It, you have a signal psychologically. Yeah, when like you're, oh, it's when full. You're yeah, you're like it gets out. right. It gets harder each pull, and then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's There's it. There's one more pump. Yeah, and then it snaps it back. <laughs> I love that though, Faith. That people that you would have a bottle of wine for. All week. I mean, that's so neat. <laughs> Alex. It's so a, rare. A few hours. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> You're being generous. <laughs> being generous. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, it would be interesting someday to see Europeans or really people from any other country who drink wine. How much wine do they have with dinner on a weeknight? Is it one glass? Is it two glasses? What's the difference? Yeah. You know, how my, does this go? My mom always tells stories of my grandpa would, you know, in Spain and in the south and Andalusia would go every day to the bodega after yeah, work. Fill up the jug, and right? they'd fill up and they'd ha- use liter bottles. Yeah. So it's still a bottle of wine. It was a liter. These are 750s. So three quarters <laughs> of a liter. What's the difference? Three quarters, uh, yeah, quarter three liter. quarters of a bottle. Yeah. You mean his bottle was way bigger? He brought home yeah. much more wine. Yeah, 25. <laughs> okay. My mom and said he, he'd wrap it with like a wet cloth or, wet, or a newspaper and they put it in the window and then the air would actually cool the bottle like through evaporative. The wind would blow and yeah. evaporate the water and then it would drop the temperature of the wine just to make how, how we like wine. Cooler, chiller. Yeah, chilled, oh, that chilled. was the chiller in the house. The Old natural chiller. Way. Newspaper water wow. in the window with water a wet cloth. And news- yeah. Oh a my wet newspaper. Yeah. That's a fascinating Very old story. world. Yeah, I like it. Oh my goodness! Okay. I'm gonna try that this summer. Wow. <laughs> All right. So we're doing kind of low calorie, except for this jaunt <laughs> toward the wine. But if you if you want to have just one glass. We're telling you how to do that. To use this vacuum system, you can get in in, uh, almost any liquor store now. And coming up, we have uh, vegetables and this meat dish that we made with stewed onions Mm. and, and beef that is fork tender. And there's almost there's very little salt and fat in this dish. It was delicious. And uh, I think, you know, every once in a while, if you're going to have beef, this is the thing to have, especially during our calorie-friendly season. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. Recipes and our wine recommendations at foodschmooze.org. And you know we're coming back.
is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life, and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, that means the Hamptons, of course. The senior producer is Robin Doyon Aiken, and to hear this show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and 9, and Saturdays at noon. Of course, our curated recommendations are at foodschmooze.org. You know our, our song, Beans and Cornbread. You know we do that. So um, Alex was singing during the break. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. Give us a bar. No, it was... <laughs> yeah, right. Beef and onions had a fight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because that is and a recipe. Is, I think I broke the microphone. <laughs> no, it was adorable. So... Beef and onions, it's our featured recipe in this segment. We found this recipe in a cookbook called Six Seasons. It's uh, Joshua McFadden. Mm-hmm. We have this recipe on our website, and we wanted to tell you about it because we had it just before the show. Chris made it for us, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely delicious. You mm. put your fork into the beef, and it's one of these shreddy fork tender things. There's so many onions that are kind of slightly brown and, and uh, soft, soft mm. and with every bite you get. I loved it, and I look at it, and it's only, because we're doing calorie-friendly on this show, only a couple tablespoons of butter, but serves four people. So think mm. about that divided by four. And the salt is just to taste a little bit of extra virgin olive oil, and that's it mm. in terms of fat and sodium. They're, they're your suspects, and that's pretty darn good, and it is delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know how you do it because beef, chuck roast, salt and pepper, olive oil, butter, onions, garlic, handful of thyme, cup of white wine. That's it. That's the recipe. Simple. And I was like, all right, I'll put it all together, and I'm cutting it all up. And even when I had all the ingredients laid out, I kept looking at it going, could you use some broth or something or some stock? Or, <laughs> and I'm thinking, white wine? Why white wine? Don't, ah. This needs like a big red wine. And I ah. keep looking at it. Tell me what happened in the cooking where first you said, yeah. this needs stock. And yeah. so good. Yeah. What yeah. happened okay. during this recipe right, that, so. made, that turned this into this delicious thing? Yeah. It's the onions. <laughs> so, and I didn't, again, you have this ability to see through recipes. I didn't see that, oh, wow, it's a lot of onions. It's like almost the same amount of onions as it is beef. Pretty close. You know, we've had brisket with yeah. onions. Yeah. I've never had something that was almost one-to-one. Yeah, and this is pretty as close. As many onions as there is beef. Yeah. And you think, is that good? That's what I said. And it is good. It's what the hobbits eat. It's what they <laughs> eat. That's what you, yeah, it's like, hey, I know that recipe. But again, I, I don't remember that scene in the hobbits. And I kept looking at it. But what happened? So you brown the beef. You take the beef out. And then you add all these onions. 
and it's a lot of onions. And you cook these onions a little bit to get them going, and then you throw in your garlic, your thyme, and your white wine. You put your beef back on top of it. Sitting on top of it. Yeah, on top of it, and then you braise it in an oven, 300 degrees for one and a half to three hours. Let me say something. I went to the three-hour line on it. When you say to people braise, some people's eyes start going, what, 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 what? So it means you just slow cook it. Slow cook, 300-degree oven oven covered for, uh, like I said, the recipe said an hour and a half to three. I went and for the full three. The who, I don't know who came up with the idea. I mean, the word braise. Yeah. But I think that's intimidating people. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's it's a like classic just cook, cooking Just cook technique. something in the oven. Yeah. You have a braise a, button a, on your in oven? In a pot. I should. A, I do not have a braise button on my oven. Somebody should do that. You have but a you, simmer button. No, but you're right. Our fortune. It, it doesn't need to be anything more than <laughs> throw it in a slow oven, <laughs> let it cook for a long time. And let me tell and you, what, I happened? Peaked, what happened is all the juice and flavor came out of those onions. Yeah. Oh. And like almost yeah. like enveloped the beef and like sucked it in. Mm. And the meat settled and the onions sort of skirted up over the top of it. And the longer it cooked, juice just kept coming out of it. And in the end, the smells that were coming out of the oven, considering it was just onions, garlic, and a little bit of thyme, mm. it was wonderful. And then when I pulled it out and I just tasted the onions, it was this mm. like cross of stew, French onion soup, uh, right? All these things. All that umami flavor. Oh, <laughs> it was so amazing. And then you take the meat out and you just spoon the onions mm. and a little bit of that juice over the top of it. And do you need anything else? Sourdough toast. Yeah, oh. maybe. I don't know. I just. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Wait we're local. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Wow. So, okay. A piece of sourdough toast. Yeah. A little micro. And again, micro the, butter, the butter being two tablespoons, you, we didn't yeah. even eat all the onions and juice that were in there. So we didn't even get four, you know. Yeah. And then all those extra onions. I still have like a two or three cups of those onions. I'm going to take those home. Really? I'm going to stir them in like a pasta. So you need all the onions to get the flavor, but yeah. you, didn't, you don't serve all the onions? Well, it was a lot of onions. He had a yeah. lot left. So this is on our website, foodschmooze.org. It's keeper. on there right now. It is a keeper. We Delicious. like this recipe. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. We're doing kind of healthy and calorie-friendly and eating clean at this time of year. And I'm someone who, you know, after reading a million of these books, recommending a million different approaches, the one thing that I think is true is that clean eating means everything. In other words, stuff with not a lot of junk in it. Mm -hmm. So here you are having beef. If people have heart issues, and really everybody, who doesn't, (laughs) you know? So if, if, if you've got a heart issue or you want to be careful about your beef intake, what kind of beef are you using? That is the key. So here's what I've read through the years that convinces me. Please don't pay attention to what I'm about to say <laughs> because somebody else will have another theory. But I believe that what they feed the beef is what makes us sick. So if they feed the beef well, not with crap corn, not with chemical stuff, blah, blah, blah. If the beef are fed well, then that beef is not going to make us as sick, cause as much heart disease. So think about this when you're buying beef. If you're trying to eat clean right now at this part of the year, think about where you're getting your beef. Maybe this is, if you're going to have this on a rare occasion, maybe this is not the time 
to not know the source of your beef. Maybe somebody is raising beef locally in a healthful way. Chris. Go to Thorncrest Farm in Goshen, and while you're there, you can get chocolate. So he raises oh, yeah. Texas Longhorns, and the beef but, but, is but, but I, Whatever he raises, I don't care about the breed yeah. as much as I oh, care. Oh, watch what he does. They're all pasture-fed. feeding? Yeah. Okay. No, all natural. You know who else is? is yeah, there's uh, a lot of good farms around here. Danny Miser at Grass and Bone in Mystic. Is, uh, has his farm in Stonington, and okay, I think yeah. he has a butcher shop yeah. and is yeah. really conscientious. And he, of, yeah. he, he yeah. is really conscientious. Yeah, right. yeah. And so th- I mean, I think that's the thing. You just look around. You don't have to go far. You, yeah. If you're around here, He's you don't have to go to Mystic. Yeah. And if you're in Mystic, you don't have to go all the way to Goshen. Or if you're I mean, driving by a town, yeah. like our listener, yeah. you were saying, you stop, yeah. you stop by. Yeah. You happen to be in the neighborhood. But yeah. you know what? Listen to us. How much work do you have to – how many how far do you have to drive to get beef that is – more healthful and has been raised the natural way it, i mean that that really is kind of crazy yeah. the way we've got the world set up that's number mm-hmm. one and the other thing is let's say we have beef less often yeah and then with the third thing is i want to feed hungry people that's my number one concern so this is like uh, counting angels on the head of a pin if somebody's starving what can i give them to keep them in this life. And so maybe it's not the most exquisite beef. <laughs> maybe it's not, That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just like, go if you can. Go for a healthful beef. So I'm wondering, do you think you could substitute like big earthy mushrooms for the beef? You and absolutely could. Get, you know, wouldn't necessarily cook as long, but you could get wow. that same sort of. What a great idea, try Alex. It. I love that idea. Mm. Big portobellos, yeah. right? steaks, mm-hmm. mushroom steaks, and there are a few other yeah. ones that are that big. So yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. That's fantastic as an idea. Yeah. You also could do um, a firm tofu. Oh, sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, and just do this whole recipe that way. Mm-hmm. You probably could do a cauliflower steak. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or you I've had big slabs of butternut squash, too. Take the top part. You know, the really solid part. And instead of chopping it up, cut it into big slabs mm. lengthwise. And, you know, you could do like an inch thick and you can get these big butternut squash steaks and then do the same thing. Salt Love and pepper, that. sear it, cook it in the onions, and then you have these would like. Would you do a little Worcestershire sauce? How about delicata, delicata, delicata squash too, if you can sure. find it. Any, any kind of hearty squash is a great substitute for beef. Fantastic. Yeah, the meat doesn't play the star role in this. The star really is the two pounds of onions. Fabulous. Okay, here's a quick thing. You might have heard me recently talking about this on the air at different hours throughout the day for our 60-second food schmooze, but I wanted to bring it to the main show because I know all of you on the show, Robin and Alex and Chris, that you're all French toast lovers. (laughs) You love mouth texture. And so... This is a thing that we do in our family, which is to make a crispy French toast. Uh-huh. Crispy French toast? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, good to me. everybody makes... It takes soggy kind of too. Yeah, I'm wondering how. There is something that happens to us when you have that, Crunchies. you know, like little crispy oh, mouth. So French toast is yeah. beautiful. I adore it. What if we even jacked it up to a new level? 
So you're making French toast, so you dip it in milk and eggs. Some people add vanilla. So any any fancy bread or all anything? All this stuff. It doesn't Just even leftover matter. Leftover bread? No, no. Yeah. So you dip it in all that. Yeah. And then here comes the fun I was going to say, this regular French you, toast. Yes. You dip it in something that creates a crispy texture on the outside. And then in every bite, you're going... What is that? Like cornflakes or something like you, that? Or? Yes. This Ooh. is a smart thing yeah. from you. So you could dip it in cornflakes on the outside yeah. that you kind of crush up a little bit. You could do panko breadcrumbs. Bread oh, so it's like breaded. Yeah. You crush nuts. Cookies. Crushed cookies. Or you could do my favorite granola. Anybody's yeah. granola. And just... Uh, blah, 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 blah. That's good. And then into the... Either the baking dish in the oven... Yeah. You know, if you were pan being calorie or friendly, or some people will yeah. pan fry it a little butter mm. or whatever. Wow. And that, oh my God, it is so fantastic. Breaded when French you cut toast. And you're just doing that. I mean, why does anybody like cereal or granola? Because French it goes crunchy. Crunch, crunch. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. I would take chocolate okay. chip cookies. Oh my God. They're no. like crispy kind. Yeah. Round why up not? chocolate yeah. chip cookies. Or it's potato like, chips. <laughs> Wow. Drop it on the or, floor. I like, you know, I like actually, it just you could do crumbled bacon. I just want to say that. You really oh. could. Crumbled bacon and panko and mix them together. A s- and savory, yeah, sweet. Yeah, like a mix of panko Ooh. and breadcrumbs and do that. And then you'd get the crispy, Ooh. crunchy bits from the, oh, you wow. You still do and maple the, syrup? And the, and the fat from the bacon would melt into what if the you panko. Did nuts oh. and coconut. That's another good one. That, would, that could be mm, one. That's like an you know, almond joy. Yeah. French toast. Ooh, with little slivers of almonds, yeah. too. So <gasps> we were healthy for about five years. Yeah, we're that good. See, you so have to say, this, is, this is how we end, right? This We've been healthy so for 45 minutes. <laughs> Time us. And now it's over. That lasted. <laughs> Where's the French toast? Okay, since we're having French toast and bacon, I want maple syrup. And, uh, you need some more yeah, water. And oh, I'd we... like to put some ice cream and whipped cream on oh. there. <laughs> But wait, we also say that we don't want to deprive ourselves. Yeah. I kept myself together. Well, you, you fell off that wagon quick. I kept myself together for as long as I could. And that's it. I'm done. <laughs> no, but it's clean. Yeah, it's the French clean toast French is toast. incredibly clean. <laughs> I love it. We oh. did our best today. <laughs> We, we covered a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Whipped cream and ice cream on the side, please. Even this French toast I could do in a healthful way. I don't exactly know. Grass-fed butter. Know. Egg whites <laughs> instead of at whole eggs. Seriously, that's Greek a good yogurt. idea, Chris. Yeah, no. The nuts, you know, I believe We're those are healthy. We're not excited anymore. I, those are healthy nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, but notice we're not as excited. Yeah, you know? No, 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 no. I like it. <laughs> I love this show. I loved all your comments on the show, Alex, Robin, and Chris. Really fantastic. And thank you so much for pulling up a chair at our table. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and 9 and Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, listen for my 60-second food schmoozes and never eat more than you can lift. (laughs) That's what this show was about. In New Haven, well, mostly. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton.
Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast on your schedule. And when you need a little more party in your life, we're here online at foodschmooze.org. And we hope you'll talk with us on Facebook. We're at Faith Middleton Foodschmooze.